How are you sitting or standing right now? Are you on a device? Did you just correct your posture like me? Uh, Today we are talking movement, musculoskeletal, uh, stress, and we're doing that in just a little second on the Low Tox Life podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. His wings of mine flutter inside the shimmy and they glide Breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 281. We are amassing a crazy amount of shows now, just about to turn seven. Can you believe it, guys? Thank you to everybody who is joining me here this week for the first time. Uh, and thank you, of course, to our beautiful listeners who join us every week, sometimes live, sometimes a little bit later. I'm so grateful to have your listenership and to provide these shows for you every week is such a pleasure. I think if I had to pick a favorite child, it's my favorite part about everything that we do on the Low Tox Life podcast, namely because I'm super curious and I love finding experts and picking their brains about all sorts of things and going down rabbit holes and bringing those to you. Uh, But of course, also because of the incredible stories I've heard over the years where certain guests have touched your life, have helped you uh, get to the bottom of something or open a new door of inquiry uh, or simply broadened your mind in a world that continually tries to push us into these black and white polarized narratives. narratives. Nothing is really black and white. Um, Very little is anyway. And I think the more we learn and the more discerning we can be, the better a critical thinker we can be and the more we can see things in the beautiful complexity in which our universe exists and therefore find our overlaps rather than focusing on our differences. It's a passion of mine to bring you that kind of message on this uh, show. So grateful to have you here. Very excited to kick into today's topic. We are with Dr. Cody Harnish. He is a chiropractor, Sydney-based, very talented, hugely popular on TikTok and Instagram, maybe because we voyeuristically really enjoy watching people have chiropractic adjustments and kind of freaking out about them, but getting so excited about the immediate relief. I just love seeing his channel. It's quite funny. So if you haven't seen that, check it out. But of course, today we are picking his brain, not watching him adjust people. And so we're talking stress, movement, patterns of habit, posture, tech, and so much more. So I'm going to start that chat in a little minute, but I want to thank our major supporters, Oz Climate, for the incredible work they do supplying Aussies with great dehumidifiers and air filters for your homes. So whether you might need a dehumidifier due to being somewhere really rainy or humid or if you have a lot of uh, indoor air pollution from, say, renovating through to having lots of pets, through to living somewhere where there might be a lot of traffic or an airport nearby or a construction site and you need an air filter, these guys can help you out. You can even give them a buzz to see what you need based on your floor plan. And then this month, we have a wonderful show supporter called Bio First. 
Now, I first came across this brand while actually updating our Low Tox Kids course and our Go Low Tox course. Uh, so if you haven't done Go Low Tox yet, uh, this year is actually going to be the last year that I'm running Go Low Tox in uh, the the way that people have come to know and love it and in the way that 6,000 students have been through it over the last eight years since I launched in 2014. So please do come and join me for one of the two rounds I'm running this year. It starts next Monday and every uh, lifetime option, full paying uh, course student is also going to receive a copy of my book, Low Tox Life Food. Uh, and that doesn't matter where you are in the world, you will receive that. Um, I do hope it posts to everywhere in the world. I think I've covered most countries in my research, uh, but I would absolutely love to have you there. It's a course I've been so passionate about running and educating on all things reduction of environmental toxins in people's day-to-day. It's only $189 Australian, so that's like $120 US uh, and about that for Euro as well and about £90. Um, so very inexpensive for the fact that by the end of the couple of months together with my coaching every day in the Facebook group with weekly Q&As, lives, you will be supported to really be confident in making your choices moving on from that course and beyond into the rest of your life. Whether you're traveling and you're not around your everyday products, whether you're entering a new stage of life and you've got to research a whole bunch of new stuff, you will know the questions to ask. You will know the environmental toxin factors that may uh, pose a health or environmental threat uh, based on what you're researching, and you will know how to make the best choice out of your situation. So, Like I said, I was researching uh, a few extra things to add. We do it every single round and we're constantly adding to our evergreen courses like Lotox Kids. And uh, I wanted some more effective products for eczema and psoriasis, dermatitis and hives. These are epidemic in our children especially. You have the statistic around one in three children requiring uh, and a doctor's appointment and ongoing follow-up care for these skin irritation conditions. And um, while there are a lot of different factors that contribute to why eczema, psoriasis, hives, dermatitis present, uh, there are actually some extremely uh, helpful products for uh, treatment, reversal of symptoms, and even cure. And uh, I came across this gorgeous family business here in New South Wales called BioFirst. And the product that intrigued me first was Manuka Skin Saver and the SOS kind of uh, first aid product they have called the Self Self Heal Salve. Um, and uh, and so I tried the Manuka Skin Saver actually, and couldn't believe that this little rough patch I'd had on the back of my ear that had popped up and on my ear lobe on the right side only, very specific was gone after three applications. So I was like, okay, I'm paying attention. I'm going to send this to my sister for my nephews. They sometimes get little patches of eczema. uh, And she has reported glowing reports as well. And if you look on the website, uh, there are some fantastic reviews and growing every day. So we got to talking and we've put together something very, very special for you guys this month. So 
This is an Australian promotion, just saying that up front, as most of ours are. I know I really want to look after our internationals more. There's so many of you guys, but just stay tuned. I try whenever I can. Uh, and in the meantime, I have for you something this week for the people who listen to the show live. So you have the opportunity to win a duo pack valued at $80, one of two available of the Manuka Skin Saver and the Self Heal Salve. Uh, and so I've got that on Instagram and on Facebook. All you have to do is come and pop a comment saying why you need this in your life. Uh, you don't need to go into a life story or anything. That's not going to give you an edge if you tell me 5 billion things about your family. But just to kind of give everyone a bit of an even keel, I will just pick the name out of um, random.org as I do. Uh, I just put how many people entered and then that spits out a number. Someone will win on Instagram. Someone will win on Facebook. And then once we've established who has won the two duo packs, for the whole rest of this month, in fact, you can do that today if you think, oh, I never win anything. I'm just going to go and buy the darn things. Uh, every skin saver, every Manuka skin saver that you buy, which is $50, you will actually receive the self-heal salve for free, $30 worth. That is an unbelievable offer that they've put forward for you. I'm so grateful for this. I know everyone is going to want to try this, add it to your winter kit, especially as we go into winter. These sorts of conditions can aggravate further. So all I want you to remember for now as a bit of a basic awareness is the Manuka Skin Saver is a brilliant treatment for sun damage, eczema, psoriasis, radiotherapy, and your self-heal salve is your bites, first aid, grazes, scrapes, sores. And I actually used it on a little burn I got from being overzealous with the way I pulled a tray out of the oven recently. And boy, did it speed up the healing. Burns usually stick around. They're quite stubborn for me. So I was very impressed with the result of both of these products that I've now personally tried for situations that they talked about. And it works. And that's what we really want. We don't want something that sounds nice and then we get it and then we've spent money and then we've wasted on another product that promises to fix things. The unique ingredient blends, and I'll talk about these in more detail over the month so that I can help you get to know this beautiful brand, BioFirst, uh, that one of the key ingredients, milk thistle, which you would have heard of perhaps for liver cleansing, detox, turns out there is some really strong emerging science around its ability to support skin and skin healing. Uh, so some very exciting um, research. And it's not a botanical that we've often seen in skin preparations. So that in combination with their medical grade Manuka and a few other goodies that are in their products uh, are really contributing to an overall picture of uh, repair, soothing, healing, uh, removing oxidative stress. I think you're really going to love them. So Every Manuka Skin Saver purchase, you get a self-heal salve valued at $30 for free. So you're spending $50 to get $80 worth of product. There is a special link you have to use. So I have put that in the show notes to help you click through and make the most of this offer. I'm also going to put it through for you on uh, when I do an Instagram story over the month. 
So there we have it. Uh, I hope you enjoy getting to know this beautiful brand. BioFirst is certainly something that we've added to our family's toolkit, as has my sister, and I can't wait to start hearing some of the positive stories come through over the month as uh, they support us on the show. Now, we're going to stop talking about skin and we're going to start talking about the musculoskeletal system with the wonderful Dr. Cody. Enjoy. Hello, Cody. How are you? Great. How are you? I am excellent and very much looking forward to this conversation. I adore chiropractic. It is definitely one of the tools in my toolkit uh, and has been since I was in my mid-20s, so over 20 years now. Um, And uh, I'm always interested to see how different chiropractors are led down that path because it's not always considered to be like a a super acceptable mainstream form of medical care. Like if you look at medical associations and you always seem to, you guys get to get the hard end of the stick sometimes. So, but it's such a powerful profession in terms of what it can do for people. Uh, Not just crack, crack and like fix a couple of aches and pains, but whole body care. So what was it for you? Why chiropractic? why not chiropractic? Mm. Um, <laughs> um, nice answer. Me, yeah. And for me, my journey was probably like a lot of other people's um, that, that those are the people that become chiropractors. It's not a straight line journey for me. Um, when I was finishing up high school and looking at going into university, I was actually my my skill set, what I wanted to narrow it down to is actually pharmacy. So I went to the University of Minnesota in Duluth and with the intention of then going on to pharmacy school. So um, my undergrad was in biochemistry and I was a pre-farm major. So that was kind of the thing, taking all the prerequisites. And then I had actually taken the farm cat. So like the, the PCAT test, which is your interest exam into, into pharmacy school. I had taken it, gotten the results and everything. And I was like, right. Um, I just... I just don't know if I can do this. I just don't know if this is what my calling is or what I'm supposed to be doing. So what ended up happening is I worked at a nursing service pharmacy in Duluth at Folks Pharmacy. And it was a great experience. I loved working with the people. I loved doing what I was doing. Um, but it just, it, I was already kind of gearing towards more of the, the natural side of things. You know, I see people pumped full of all these synthetic drugs. And it was just kind of keeping them at this baseline. And I never really saw people get healthier, if that made sense. Oh, yes, it does. So then I was like, oh, maybe I should, you know, be more of like a compounding chemist where, you know, I'm mixing up all these herbs and, you know, I felt like I had a big cauldron in the back and I was, I was kind of excited about going that journey. But then I was like, I can't. That's not what it is. And then I don't even remember who it was. They were like, well, what about chiropractic? And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen a chiropractor ages ago when I was younger. Um, I had been, you know, in a basketball injury, a couple of car accidents, things like that. And I was like, yeah, I went and saw the chiropractor and they were they were great. Like that was that was cool. And they're doctors and, you know, we trust them. And I was like, well, yeah, maybe. Okay, maybe I'll just I'll do early admissions. I'll apply to chiropractic school. And if I get in, I get in. If not, all good. I'll just keep kind of going down this path. And lo and behold, um, I got the letter of acceptance from Northwestern Health Sciences University just outside of Minneapolis. And 
it just kind of fell into place, if that makes sense. It mm-hmm. just kind of the opportunity presented itself. And I was like, yeah, this feels, it feels right. It felt, it felt right. It's always daunting and scary at first, but I was like, this is where the road is taking me. I have recognized it. So I'm just going to go for it. And I could never imagine myself being anything but a chiropractor. Like this is, blame it on whatever powers that be, but this really is what I was meant to do. Like I I love it and I still love it. Even even 13 and a half years later, um, I'm still so excited to get into work and, and help people. Like it's, it's still, it's still a passion. It's still very passionate in me. Yeah. Beautiful. And uh, I know a lot of chiropractors like to add feathers to the bow with, you know, uh, uh, craniosacral, NET, all those extra little bits and pieces. Have you ever brought any of those in or do you feel like what you do is a complete science in traditional chiropractic? I'm probably more of a traditionalist in that mm-hmm. respect. Um, but hey, I mean, there's a lot of different techniques out there and whatever the chiropractor, you know, whatever they choose to do, I mean, that's that's up to them. And if they feel like that's the best benefit that they can give their patients, by all means, as long as it's safe and effective, that's all that matters. As long as you're getting the results, that, that's all that matters. And I think that that's really important to understand is one technique is not far superior than the other. This is just happens to do what I do. I'm very, I'm very black and white when it comes to it. So I do these tests or I look at these particular ranges of motion or muscle tests or neurologic tests or orthopedic tests or whatever it is. And then I go, right, that tells me that I need to focus on this region. And then I do my palpation skills, some motion palpation. And then I go, right, this is where the fixation is. This is what we need to remove. This makes sense clinically what's going on. Is this safe? Yes, it is. And then we proceed with you know, spinal adjustments. Now there's different techniques that I do use depending on the case. My primary mode is what's called diversified. So you're very much your manual type of adjusting, but you know, I do, I do activator on some patients, uh, which is a handheld kind of clicking tool device. That's very specific, but lower force. I do Thompson drop technique on some patients, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll do for, for disc cases, you can see in the background, I've got a, an amazing heel DT table. So that does decompression therapy. So then that one I feel is the best for getting rid of disc bulges and things like that and, and treating those kind of cases. So you know, then we do a little bit of dry needling or some cupping or some kinesio taping, or we need to look at biomechanics and go, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe let's try to work on this and getting these exercises so we can activate these muscles. So I guess what I do is I take multiple little things all together and then I piece them together and go, okay, I think that this is going to work the best for this case. However, in saying that, sometimes we have to tweak that along the way. Sometimes people respond better to one type of treatment than another or a different technique. Um, But yeah, as long as the chiropractor is getting safe, effective results, it's all about us. Yeah, absolutely. And so in terms of chiropractic care, there are a number of different people that you think of when you think pain or um, discomfort in your musculoskeletal system. Uh, And what do you think it is about chiropractic that offers unique care? 
with pain? And I think a lot of like pain is certainly a big driving force mm. for people to come in and book in and see any kind of a health healthcare provider. But pain isn't, and I hate to like all the listeners out there that have experienced extensive pain before, they're going to probably be like, whatever, but this comment is true. Pain is not a physical thing. Mm. Pain is a sensation. Mm. It's it's how your brain perceives a particular stimulus. So when you think about it that way, you're talking about the nervous system. Yeah. Now, if you were just in, let's just say a motorbike accident and you've broken your femur and your femur is sticking out, you've got a compound fracture that's doing that, that needs to be addressed by the medical professionals. So you need to go get that because that's what's causing the pain. If you know what the cause is, then you can actually treat it properly. But in a lot of times, you know, people experience headaches or just kind of pain, low back pain, shoulder pain, whatever it is, pain. And what that is, is it's just a signal to your body to say something's going on here. You need to do something. And that's where then as a chiropractor, which is really what I am, is a neurologist, um, as we really look at the nervous system as a whole, and we say the nervous system controls every single cell, organ, and tissue in the body. And if there's pressure on that nervous system, that will create dis-ease somewhere else in the body. So what we look at is how well that nervous system is functioning throughout the whole entire system. And then we identify areas where there's pressure on that nervous system. And then we say, hey, I think... Uh, diversified spinal adjustment at T6 is going to be the best way to approach this, or it's going to be, oh, I think we maybe need to do some electric muscle stem to calm that super tight trap that you've been sitting like this working for you know, hours on, you, you know, we, we need to identify what's causing or what's putting pressure onto that nervous system. It could be anything, mm. but then we need to identify that. And I think chiropractors are very good at identifying what is causing that pressure on the nervous system and how to alleviate that. Yeah, right. And so when you say it could be anything, could it be like emotion, trauma, uh, all of that kind of stuff as well? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Sure. I mean, your body reacts to all sorts of different stimulus. Mm. So whether it's physical, emotional, chemical, it it doesn't matter. Your body will have a response to that. It will constantly try to put it into a state of homeostasis or, or ease balance in the body. And it depends on what that stimulus is and how your body reacts, but certainly the emotional, I mean, if, and if being locked up, you know, in COVID has caught us, has taught us anything, it's that, you know, certainly mental health is also right up here. Um, it needs to be addressed and it does have a huge impact on our entire well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Have you noticed a different kind of care required increasingly so over the next, over the last couple of years? Well, certainly I think a, a lot more postural issues have started <laughs> come out from all the different kind of workspaces that people are working in, uh, whether it's from, you know, the dining table or whether it's from. Oh, guilty. So guilty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, not, not me because I'm not really sitting in bed doing my job, but um, yeah, most people that, you know, are now working from home or at least partially, or we're working from home. Um, it's not ergonomically sound. Like, mm, I stay 
stayed with my parents the first month of our very first lockdown because we were ending a lease anyway and we thought let's go enjoy some time with the sisters the nephews yada yada and I was working on my bed down in the spare room (laughs) and um, shout out to Dr. Pete Barrel chiropractic Uh, I ended up having to see him I think five times to just sort that out after a month of working on my bed it was awful it was terrible so I could imagine and then and then the emotional aspect of lockdown, you kind of alluded to that just earlier. What are you seeing that manifest as in clinic? Most people, when we're talking about just kind of your general stress, mm. your, your anxiety, that kind of stuff, mm. you, what that does is it actually tightens your muscle up. So this is a response, a physical response, usually to some kind of a emotional stress. Because when we do that, we tend to kind of clam up, our flexors become overactive, and we kind of go into these kind of flexed positions, and the muscles get super tight. And that's mainly the thing that I see. But then, of course, what do muscles attach to? Bone, because muscles are primary movers. So what happens is then all of a sudden, the structure gets placed out of place. So then all of a sudden, there's pressure on the nervous system. And then if the muscles are super tight, blood flow can't go through there. Lymph drainage can't happen through there. So it affects every system in the entire body because it's, it's impacting everything. So... You know, then, then there's the, you know, it's, it's a little vicious cycle, right, though, that people kind of get into is, yeah, I'm super tight and stressed. Okay, so then I'm probably not going to sleep very well. So then the quality of sleep goes down. And then you go, oh, I'm just stressed. Oh, I'm tired now. Oh, I don't feel like moving around very much. I don't want to exercise. So then all of a sudden, now their movement drops and they're not exercising very much. And then when you're kind of in that mood, then you just want like sugary carbs for food. And then you kind of move more to those kind of those kind of choices. So what you do is then all of a sudden your diet suffers a little bit and you're not getting really proper quality, you know, proper quality food. And then you're kind of going, oh, and then all of a sudden because of that, then now you're anxious because you're anxious and mm. now you're stressed. And then it keeps, then it goes, yeah. oh, now the next day, then we go through this whole cycle again and it keeps spiraling out of control until we make a change. Mm. And that, that pattern interrupt to go, nope, I need to do something. I need to make the decision that I'm going to get out there and I'm going to, well, maybe not right now because I don't know if everyone can see it at home, but it, it's, <laughs> it's raining it's again. Yeah. <laughs> again, <laughs> usually we don't like to, we, we like to say, oh, Australia and Sydney in particular, oh, beautiful sun, sunny and, you know, beach weather all the time. But unfortunately, lately it's been rain. So, but you can still make a choice to, you know, go do 10 sit-ups. Yeah. Go do a, a push-up. It's better than none. Something mm. is better than nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think I always just have my weights, uh, a kettlebell, a few things just out, a yoga mat. And so maybe three, four times in the day, I'll just do five, 10 minutes of something. Um, but I find if I do that, then I actually feel alive and awake and loose all day. Um, and all up, it was like maybe only 20 minutes of movement, but because it's sporadic and and spaced out through the day, it really makes a difference. And when you said anxious about being anxious, I thought of a lot of pain cases. You can get, um, like the pain might come from anxiety initially, but then you're anxious about the pain because the pain won't go away. And that's (laughs) the emotional spiral of pain as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. We all the time. I mean, then all of a sudden you get down, like humans are really good about getting down on ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So we pick ourselves apart and then go, oh, well, now I've done this. Oh, and then we're self-deprecating. So then all of a sudden it just, it keeps just piling on us. And eventually then you become anxious about that. And then it just, it just keeps cascading and going. And that's why it's really important to be in that great mind frame to recognize what's happening, but then make a conscious choice to say, okay, we need to address this properly. Mm. And do you find uh, you then have to go down that the path of an emotional, like a, a, a how are you feeling conversation often with your patients? Yeah, I mean, sometimes like, like I know it's not your area of specialization, mental I, health discussions. Yeah. Um, but I would like, I mean, some of the things I've divulged to my chiropractor is like my bartender, you know, like <laughs> at combined clinics here, we actually do have a full-time psychologist. So it's amazing. It's, yeah, brilliant. So that's a that's an important aspect, right? Exactly. So, but I mean, yeah, like I'll ask my patients, you know. How are you feeling? Are you stressed? You know, what is it? And then sometimes, you know, if you can pick up on these clues, right? So sometimes I'll be like, oh, is it, you know, is it work stress? Are you stressed at home? Like, you know, let me know. Some people are a lot more open to talking about that stuff than others. No one has really had proper training in how to address emotions and feelings. And I mean, me included, um, you know, I've seen quite a few psychologists through the years and, you know, couples counseling and all these kind of things, because, you know, I'm crap at these kind of things. And that's why I think it's really important then to put my hand up and say, Hey, I don't, I don't know about this stuff. I'm not the expert in this, but I might know someone who is, and then, you know, you book in with them and you see them and you, and every single session, you learn a little bit more and you become a little bit more open. And then I can take that experience and then I can, you know, help my patients a little bit to kind of say, I'm recognizing something here. I think that we should also have you talk to this person, psychologist mm. um, or whatever it is. Um, and sometimes, you know, they're just like, wow, thank you. And, and always my philosophy on life is to help as many people as I possibly can. Now, yes, as a chiropractor, I would love to adjust everyone and make them feel amazing and exude health and wellness. And that's, that's my goal, right? Yeah. But sometimes the way that I can help someone is just being there for them. Mm. And because so many patients see me on a regular basis you know and this is a warm and inviting environment and I hope that I I kind of give off that energy that they can come to me with anything because I think that that's really important is yeah. is that trust is there and you know I'm not judging them I'm not judging them on all the shit that's going on in people's lives I just I just want to help and mm -hmm. that's that's it and that's what we should be doing for each other so recognizing that in your friends and your family and whoever you come across to just say, hey, they're probably going through a bunch of shit too, just like all of us are. And don't judge them for it. You know, even if they lash out, that's their way that they know how to respond. Mm. So don't take it personally. You're just trying to help them and say, hey, I, I can recognize this. I hear you. I see you. 
here, this is who I see, or, you know, talk to someone. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah, nice. Um, I want to go back to what you mentioned about lymphatics and blood flow and how sometimes when we have these tensions in our bodies, um, we can actually restrict those things and the cascade effect is almost, then we can't detoxify. And it's really fascinating to me how obvious the body is one whole system um, and we can't extrapolate all the individual parts. It makes no sense to treat that way. Um, How do you help people see, like what's your way of explaining just how important everything is to everything else so that the lifestyle piece becomes more possible to integrate and actually make commitments and change things. So a lot of times I like to use more kind of visual aids, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I'm going through an exam, I will also then, you know, tell the patient what's going on, like what I'm finding. I used to always hate when you you go to doctor's offices and they'd be sitting there and you'd be telling them all your symptoms and they're going like this. (laughs) And then they're doing doing a few exams or else they get like, you know, a printout of what's going on and they'll just go, "Mm, mm, mm." and then they're like this, you're like, and then I'm always sitting there. I was like, what are you writing? What are you writing on there? Yeah, what's that? What's, what's going on here? And I think it's important that us as practitioners, we kind of voice what my clinical thought process is. So mm-hmm. when I'm going through a patient, when they're sitting in front of me and I'm doing all these different tests, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is what that means. That means that there's pressure on XYZ, whatever it is. Then what you do is you start doing some more tests, and then all of a sudden it comes back and it goes, oh, so now remember that other test which said this, now this one further reiterates to us that now this is what's going on. And now we can pinpoint exactly where it is. So then I kind of explain what's going on. It's pretty easy though, to start to become very narrow vision when we start to do this. And that's, that's problematic. So then what I do is I take another step back and then I bring out, we've got a full skeleton um, with kind of the spinal and then the nerves that come off of each cord. So I have, I have a, a model Mm. Uh, we call him Slim. So we bring Slim on over and I wheel him. So he's on wheels I bring him over. It's full life-size skeleton. And then I say, right, this is what the exam said is this is right where, where our issue is. Now, this is only showing the bones, right? This is only the skeleton. But now imagine all those muscles around here. Then imagine all the blood vessels and all those nerves wrap around. And then there's little branches off the nerves and there's little branches off the branches. And then it goes, and then we kind of like, then people can start to see. And then I was like, well, now think about like in the low back, you know, then you've got an entire digestive system through here. And then you've got all these other internal organs there. But then up here, then you've got, you know, the heart and the lungs. So that way, when someone says, oh, you know, I feel really tight through here. And, you know, it hurts when I take a deep breath in. And then I was like, oh, well, that's a rib issue. And then I'll, then I'll show them how that affects that. And I was like, then I ask them, do you know what's inside of this rib cage? Because it's hollow in there. But I was like, but it's not hollow. Mm. You have hollow parts in your body. Like that's not, that's not the way it works besides sinuses, but you don't have like these hollow, like every single, like it's, it's densely packed of all sorts of stuff and our entire system works together. So that's why then when we remove 
pressure off of these structures, not only does it have an impact on, yeah, sure, loosening up the muscles, but also then you've got blood flow that's starting to go through there and the lymph drainage happens and the nerves start sending all those impulses out to the body, but also back up to the body and up to the brain to process. But the brain is what's controlling all of those systems and coordinating all of those. And I think it's important that people then understand, but I think it's more, my approach is always first go through the exam and identify what's going on and explaining it in a way, like they don't have to know anatomy to the nth degree that I do. Like you don't need to know that, but at least if I can explain a little bit, then they're going, ah, and then you get the, the light bulb moment where people are going, ah, that makes sense. And then I correlate it to, well, what do you think that you're doing on a regular basis that's putting pressure onto that? You know, is it the way you're sitting? Is it the way you're sleeping? Is it the, you know, what are you doing on a regular basis? You know, was it the way that you're doing those kettlebell swings? You know, is that what it is? And sometimes it's not so straightforward, but I let people know, I was like, it's probably an accumulation of a whole bunch of little things over a long period of time because it bioaccumulates in our body and our body will always adapt to the most stress that we place on it. So that's how the body sorts itself out. Yeah. Brilliant. And um, you mentioned posture like four times now, and I have a question around, <laughs> I have a question around modern life and that little invention of the iPhone around 2008, it came out and we all got to have these handheld everything on in the palm of our hands. Um, give us, give us the bad news. Like what is this really doing to us? All these people walking around like this on the street with their necks down uh, I see so many teenagers like literally standing a completely different way now. Um, like what is the impact of that? What are we going to look like 30 years from having started that habit? And uh, uh, let's try and just basically scare all of us into maybe not doing that so much. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. We tend to kind of blame what we'll call modern technology. Mm. We'll call it tech neck and all sorts of stuff like that. However, when you think about it, we've been putting ourselves in weird positions a long time ago. It wasn't since the start of these bloody things, right? Has it progressively gotten worse? Certainly. Um, but I think the biggest impact that it can have on our bodies is we're putting our bodies into very unnatural positions, positions that place extra. So if, when you're looking at physics, it's a lot of extra pressure and strain and force onto our bodies. And then our bodies will start to go, Ooh, why are you, why are you holding your head way down like this? So what that starts to do then is your muscles and your spine and the nervous system and the blood vessels and the lymph system and your organs and everything starts to change and adapt to that pressure. Now, one thing is if you're bringing in your neck, you should naturally have kind of the C-shaped curvature. And I let people know that sit in front of a computer for long periods of time that have this, what we call an anterior head carriage. So you've seen it, like you've seen it mm. all, right? And yeah, my dad had an operation for that. Mm. Yeah, well, there Got you go. that bad, yeah. And it can, it can get that bad. Mm. What happens is I always tell people, your spine is like a spring, 
Okay. And we want there to be these nice little curvatures this way in a natural form, because that's the way those joints are all lined up to hold it into a correct posture. So if you go like this and your head sits on top, it acts and springs are very strong and springs distribute the weight and the force out. But let's just say it's super straight and then bent forward like this. Now you're going like this, ooh, ow, ooh, ah, ah. And you can even feel it in your finger that it hurts. It doesn't feel nice. Okay, that's what you're doing on a repetitive basis here. Okay, so that kind of stuff is bad. Also, I let people know, I was like, your head is roughly the same weight as a bowling ball. So if you take a bowling ball and you hold it in nice and close like this, you can probably hold it there for quite a while. Now what I tell people to do is take that bowling ball and then start to hold it a little bit further out. Well, now you can start to feel the biceps really going and you're like, okay, well, that's a, that's a little bit harder. And you can hold it there, but then eventually what's gonna happen is finally something's gonna give. Well, now let's take it to the extreme and go like this let's hold that bowling ball all the way out here. Now the issue is that weight and the force transferred all the way through here is a lot more. So then what happens is, is in a very short period of time, your, your body just goes, not nah, can't hold this, and then it drops at the shoulder. So whatever joint is the furthest away is gonna take the most amount of force. Now, if your head is supposed to be in this position with your ear lined up with your shoulder, if your head's going like this, well, it's this part right here that takes the most amount of force. And then what happens is, is you, it starts to degenerate that area because the body will start to protect itself is the soft tissues start to kind of get, blood flow can't go through it. Water can't get to that. Nutrients can't get to that. So then it starts to, to dehydrate and then degenerate. And then the bone starts going, oh, well, I need to make this area stronger with more bone. So it lays down what's called osteophytes in the, in the spine anyway. And then, or, or bone spurs, I think is what most people probably know them as. So what happens is they start growing together to try to make that structure stronger. But the problem is, is then you lose mobility. And that doesn't feel very nice. It's painful. You know, it's, it's sore. It's achy all the time. What I let people know though about posture is, posture is dynamic, you know? So the problem with this is if we took our phones up and we held it down here and we looked at this and went, blah, 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 blah. Okay, done, that's it. Probably would have no effect on your body. Your body can handle that amount of strain. It's like the little spring um, vibe. It's like, yeah. oh, I got it. Okay, then we're good. We're like the bobbleheads, right? Mm. But if we go like this and then go, huh, Ooh, let's watch Dr. Cody's TikToks. Oh, this is, <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Oh, that was a really good one too. And then before you know it, you look at the watch and then you go, oh God, it's been three hours. Mm. The problem is, is then when you bring your head up, oh, it's stiff. Oh man, that's tight. It's sore because your body has already adapted to that. It doesn't take that much time for your body to start to go, okay, well, you're going to hold me here. Let's put you in that position. So then you start to develop chronic problems. And the problem isn't necessarily that we're putting ourselves into these weird positions because we do with anything, right? We've been working on computers for a long period of time, okay? So that's, that's, that's nothing new. We've been looking, you know, for people that, let's just say, like I used to bartend when I was in chiropractic school. So I used to bartend every Friday and Saturday. And I tell you, looking down and making martinis and going oh, like- Oh, I know. That's so when like, I started going to a chiropractor in my hospital years. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we put those strains on our body. But the thing is, is the most important thing to combat some of that kind of maladaption or or the or the poor posture is simply moving more. And I think that that's where the bigger issue is, is that technology has created an environment where we just don't move. And that's where the problem lies, is a lack of mobility in our bodies. We get very stagnant. Mm. And this is where the issue comes in. Yeah. So listen to your podcast, guys, and go for a walk instead of watching them on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so when we talk about movement, can we, like, have a little look at what optimal movement and range of movements to engage with like styles if you like for kids for adults like and then elderly because I'm sure there'd be different priorities or abilities during that time as well and with kids we're trying to develop stuff yeah and 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 certainly looking the ability is one thing right yeah Uh, you have to remember like as as like a child their skeletal system isn't fully ossified till about 25 years of age. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a lot of activity where there's a lot of compression, now some are worse than others, okay? So they're not all created equal, but certainly moving the body and exercising and strengthening and building all those things with flexibility and strength and all that kind of stuff through different activities is great, right? But at that kind of an age, we don't want to put too much pressure on the body where we start to create problems at the joints at a very early age because the bones are still relatively soft. So what happens is the bones are actually more flexible. And then what happens is there's pressure or there's damage done to the cartilage or the end plates. And then it stunts growing or it's, it's again, it's adapting to the stress. So what happens is they develop very, very early chronic issues. So a lot of times I tell people, listen, as low compression as possible. Um, But some people love running marathons. Mm. Uh, Some people really enjoy that. And for their headspace, it's fantastic. And it's very cathartic, right? They just get into the zone and they just go. But running on pavement for long periods of time is not great for our joints. I mean, this is why we then, you know, there's all these, amazing shoes out there that help to lower the shock absorption and do all that to try to counterbalance that. Mm. And, you know, there's pluses and minuses to every activity. Yeah. A lot of times what I tell people though, is if you like running, okay, run, but just make sure that you're doing other things to kind of counterbalance the pressure that's placed on your body. So do a lot of stretching you know, do, do, do those kind of things to really take that pressure off of there. Mm-hmm. Or if you really like swimming, which is really good for the body because there's the water is you're pretty much weightless, but it, it helps to, it, and there's no compression on the body. But then other things are, you might get overdeveloped with these flexor positions and the shoulders you start grading and grinding with. So now you have to really do things that really take care of that and to kind of help alleviate some of that pressure that you've created there. Yeah. Can I I ask about tennis, given that's such a one-sided sport often? Yeah. So we do see 
in tennis, in golfing, mm. in a lot of the kind of rackety kind of ones, or what happens is it, it, it does create asymmetries in the body. And I do see it all the time. It's no different. Like if you look at professional tennis players, you look at their, well, you look at their dominant side, their yeah. racket side, and you see like their arm is massive. Right? <laughs> I know. I, very, I love other- Rafa's left side. Yes. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and you look at the other side and it looks like this little string bean hanging yeah, off. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Why do you even need it? Just chop the damn thing off. <laughs> but but I, I say it's like lobster arm, right? Or crab arm where you've got one massive claw and then you've yeah. got a little pincher on the side. Mm-hmm. Well, no different. Like in nature, you see it as well. Maybe that maybe that crab was a tennis player in a former life. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, um, at least I'm getting an idea of what I'm coming back as in my next yeah, life. Exactly. There we go. But yeah, I mean, certain sports mm. do create asymmetries in the body. Um, but again, what you want to try to do is to counterbalance them and to try to find a little bit more balance in the body. But if you're mm. going to be, if you're going to be a professional tennis player, mm-hmm. you're going to have, if you want to make your forearm stronger, so I'm right-handed, if you want to make your forearm stronger on that side, guess what? I'm probably going to do a lot of exercise that focus on getting my right side stronger. It's not to say I'm going to neglect totally the left side, but I am going to focus on that because it will make my shots, especially if I'm using, if I use a one-handed backhand, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing exercises that really strengthen that to make it stronger so I can hit the ball faster, so I can move up the rankings because that's really what it's doing. Our bodies are adapting to then the, the pressure that we're placing on it. So it's, I mean, but if I'm not going to be a professional athlete, do I really need to work on one side of my body or not? Yeah, probably not. The problem with tennis is as well, it's a lot of stop and go and jumping and then over this way. So that puts a lot of extra pressure onto the joints of the body, in particular, lower extremities like knees, hips, ankles, you know, so you run a higher risk then of development. And I mean, do you know a professional tennis player out there that has not had any kind of a surgery on their knees or hips or ankles? Probably not. Yeah. So they're certainly putting a lot of pressure onto those tissues. And listen, if I win the Australian Open and I make X amount of money, <laughs> I think it's probably worth it, unfortunately. <laughs> like I'd probably do it for that. Um, yeah, there comes a point where the longevity of their career then is, is dr- dramatically shortened because of the pressure. It's no different than I'll just use builders for an example. So carpenters, you know, they're pretty much going to be carrying things on one side, their strong side. So then their bodies will start to adapt to that. And then if they're bent over, let's just say they're a roofer. So let's just say they're bent over all the time and constantly doing that. Well, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the lumbar spine. And eventually the lumbar spine is going to erode faster than it normally would. So then you've got early, early issues. And then those need to be addressed. Otherwise Mm -hmm. you're just going to have chronic low back pain for the rest of your life. And that's, that's not a way to live. Yeah, no. And and so what do you see as being some of the best all-round uh, recalibrators, I guess, homeostasis promoters? Like, is it yoga? Is it just walking? Is it simple stretches? Uh, everything above? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I, th- I mean, I've done yoga before. And I really enjoyed it and it felt great. And, you know, my body felt really good. 
Um, you know, and I've done Pilates before and Pilates was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, but really good. Like I felt, I felt really good afterward. Right. Um, is swimming really good? Yeah. Great. Swimming's great. Is cycling great? Yeah. Is walking great? Yeah. Ultimately you need to get joy from whatever activity that you're doing. You know, if you want to go play soccer, go play soccer. If you want to play Footy, go play footy. If you want to, like, whatever it is, you know, and enjoy it, but but also recognize that there comes a limit and you just have to listen to your body. Yeah. I guess that's probably the better takeaway is you need to be able to listen to your body and say, okay, that's probably enough right now. And then you need to do things to help your body to recover and recoup. Mm, absolutely. And I think as an extension of that um, conversation around professions and sports, that have us using single sides, a lot of people have a dominant side with their tech or even their typing. Um, And so it's about like I realised doing all my socials and replying to people and, you know, using my phone a lot for work, I thought I had a tennis injury. For a year I thought it was tennis. Actually it was tech. And as soon as I started getting it massaged and, you know, really focusing on that left shoulder tension from technology, um, all of a sudden I could play tennis with no pain. So I think that root cause investigation that you've talked about a couple of times is so important. And the question that you asked, which was like, like, what do you do? What do you notice that you do on repeat? Or can we, you raise your awareness on that until the next session we see each other and you can say, actually, I've noticed because so many people don't even realize, right? I had no idea that that was my root cause. Yeah. And and ultimately, humans are creatures of habit. Mm. We will do the same thing over and over and over and over again. You know, so if I've got a patient that comes in and I was like, wow, your, your pelvis is just really twisted here. Why, why is it keeping on doing that? Well, then they say, oh, well, you know, I sit at work and then I cross my legs one over the other. And I thought, <laughs> Just look down. I'm like, no. <laughs> and and which leg are you putting over the other? Is it the right or the left leg? Right now, it's the left, and I. It's almost like a half lotus pose. I wish I could. Can I? Yeah, I can. There we go. Probably an oh, absolute. Okay. Oh my gosh! If you guys are listening to this and not watching, <laughs> Cody's <laughs> eyes just went. Oh sweet Jesus! That's the work to do. You know. <laughs> We're creatures of habit, right? So if you're if you find it comfortable to really open up that left hip and put your leg way up there like that kind of half lotus position, you will then also find it very comfortable to have that leg kind of up in that position when you're sleeping. And you will also find it very comfortable in a position when you're, you know, sitting on the lounge, let's just say, or when you go out to dinner or something, if you're sitting in a restaurant or whatever, or even just at home at the dining table, you're going to, your leg will naturally go, oh, I kind of, it feels more comfortable to open that side up. So you'll do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I wake up in tree pose with that leg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's not like it's not like your brain has consciously said, put your leg in that position. Mm. It's deeply ingrained in it, in all of these patterns that you've created to say, yeah, keep doing that. Oh, yeah, keep doing that. Put your leg in that position. And you don't even, it's subconscious level now. You don't even have to think about it. Sometimes I tell my patients to do that when we talk about patterns of habit. What I do is I say, I want you to just 
fold your hands. So do that right now. Okay. Or everyone at home when you're listening, do this set as well. Okay. So is your left thumb on top or right thumb on top? Mine is the left. Ooh, mine too. So we're the same. So only about 30% of the population does it that way. So we're the oddballs. I knew I was special. Okay. <laughs> okay, special. We're not oddballs. We're special. Let's, let's, let's say it. We're the chosen ones, Cody. Yes, <laughs> but let's just now imagine 70% of the population does it the other way. So what I want you to do now is take your hands. Mm-hmm. Fold them how you normally, like fold them how you normally do, right? Like you always do. If I told you to fold your hands randomly 20 times a day, you'd fold them exactly the same way every single time. You just, you just do it, right? Yeah. So now fold them the other way. So interlace the fingers off by one, go the, how weird does that feel? Awful. But why? Mm. Yeah, just, just wrong. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't wait to hear what everyone says about that simple exercise. But yeah. it's just because our brains at a very young age has said, that's the way you're going to fold your hands, whether you like it or not. And you're going to keep doing it that same way every single time. And I mean, when I was younger, going to Sunday school, I can't tell me, tell you how many times I had to fold my hands, Mm -hmm. but I would do them exactly the same way every single time. Like you just naturally do it, but it's, it's really odd to then go, wow, that feels very peculiar. And I feel like my thumbs are off. But I also feel like my pinky is sticking out on the bottom going, hey, tuck me back in. Like, that's not where I belong. It's weird, isn't it? But we do the same thing with posture. Yes, I was going to say. So then when we have to correct a long-term thing that we're completely unaware of, no wonder it is such a a tricky thing to do. It's hard. It's Mm. hard because we're, we're... reprogramming your brain you're telling it to do something else and it takes a lot of time and a lot of repetition yeah well i'm not sitting in half lotus position anymore i can confirm i've I've made that brave i've made that brave change today um so okay and then if we go back to talking about what you were talking about earlier with the ramifications the flow on effect of a habit formed posture um, or dominant arm or yada, yada, all the different examples, Um, you know, from blood flow to lymph to musculoskeletal muscles, neuro. Everything. Wow. And what I tell people as well is people that sit for prolonged periods of time, you know, at work in front of their computer on their chair, but if they really go into this slouched position, Mm. you know, sometimes I'll be like, you know, how easy is it, do you think, for your lungs to expand and breathe properly? Mm. How hard do you think it is now for your heart to pump blood through your body when it's all contorted like this? Yeah. Do you also think that your digestive system is probably super efficient right now with you collapsing on top of it? Mm. Probably not. Yeah. So that's, you know, the eating popcorn on the couch slouched over in a dodgy position. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it has impacts on everything, on absolutely every single cell, organ, and tissue in the entire body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So stretching and strength building. Yes. Talk us through how this is going to help because I feel like, you know, a lot of it is, you know, uh, like muscles that just aren't used to being used enough. Um, So the strength piece is surely going to help build a better posture, correct? Absolutely. And it's it's finding balance in those muscles as well. So we don't want to overtrain, let's just say, our flexor muscles because that'll force us in that position again. So we want to try to find good balance in the body. Okay. And that's really important to do. You know, it's no different. Like when I used to go to the gym pretty much every single day and lift weights, you know, one day I was doing back and buys the next day, chest and tries and the next day legs, and then some abs thrown in there. And then it was like, it was, you know, I was, and I was trying to do as many possible things to try to keep it balanced. And I would vary up the exercises. So it wasn't so routine and, and those kind of things, putting different stressors, you know, on the body, as far as building muscle mass and just getting those muscles engorged in blood and just trying to get them awoke is a really good thing to do mm. on the polar opposite side of that is then flexibility. Mm. So as the muscle contracts, it will also shorten things, but all flexibility is, is your range of motion. That's all it is. It's not taking it to the extremes. It's just making sure that your body moves properly. Now, the things that move your body are muscles. Muscles have two main purposes. They help to move the body because they attach to the bones and they elevate things or whatever they need to do. But the other thing is, is if they go into spasm, they will prevent your body from moving. Hmm. But it's really, it's really weird. They do the opposite things. They either move your body or they don't allow it to move. So like as a safety mechanism almost. Of course. Yeah. But then the flexibility comes into play to allow those joints to actually move freely and to go through those big ranges of motion. Some joints, of course, have more range of motion than others. So you can't expect your shoulder joint to have the same amount of range of motion as you know, this little, what's called, you know, a dip joint. So that little joint right there doesn't have the same, like I can't make that do the same as my shoulder. Yeah, the little so, fingertip. Mm-hmm. And plus it's only a little hinge joint. It doesn't really do too much other ranges of motion. So we, we need to look at the body as a whole and you need to find balance between not only some good strength to support your body and help hold it there and really give you this good sense of posture and well-being and and movement and all those kind of things and whatever you ask your body to do your body will just go yep i got this but then on the flip side you you don't want to overdo it to then where you start to get joint restriction and and discomfort and because then that leads to problems so it's it's finding the balance and listen everyone's a little bit different some people want to have a little bit more range of motion and flexibility and not have more muscle mass to them, but other people are, are the opposite, but you need to be able to have both. I think that's important. And I mean, I'll put my hand up and say, listen, I don't really like stretching. I, I find it boring. I don't really enjoy it. So I probably don't do very much of it. Mm. But I know that when I do do more of it, I feel better. Yeah. Uh, it feels like that. I always say to my son who, he, who is happy to train his guts out on a tennis court for two hours at a time, 
Then yep. to come home, it's such a chore to tell, okay, now you got to do your stretches, otherwise you're going to get injured. <laughs> uh, you know, you're turning 13 soon and, like, you, you're yep. really going to start to need to do this. And um, it is just such a chore. And I think it's just because it's, like, it's quite still and it's almost like, okay, now i got to stay here and i got to breathe three times. But um, I always yeah. think if you can put on your favourite three, mu- like, tunes, like some really great songs... Yep so that something happy is happening while you're doing the thing you don't love to do so much. Um, can be the same for weights. If people don't love to do weights, like put on your three best pump-up songs and do yep. 15 minutes of weights. Yeah. Hmm. I was fine to having a partner to yeah. work out together or stretch together. Is When you have someone else there, you know, you can hold each other accountable. Mm. And you actually just, you, you do it. Yeah. Um, and, and you're I, using it as a catch up for something absolutely. fun. Like it's social. Yeah, the, the social aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's probably something that I would recommend to, to do is to, you know, get other people involved. Like I'm, mm. but you know, other people that are just like, nope, I just want to focus, do what I do, get in the gym, leave, done. But there's some people that really like, you know, more class-based kind of exercise and they really enjoy that and I was like okay great do that too and there is a bit of a social aspect of that yeah absolutely last question I want to ask you about chiropractic care as a SOS versus as a day-to-day preventative and what kind of like if we've fixed the big issue and we're feeling good and we're supporting range of motion and strength by building a few new lifestyle habits in um, do you advocate for chiropractic check-ins, like a little seasonal tune-up kind of vibe? Um, because we obviously don't want to wait until the poop hits the fan and then we need like 10 sessions in two weeks because it's all gone, yeah, yeah south. So there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, So some people use me as a bandit approach, an SOS. Hmm. So when shit hit does, when shit does hit the fan, then they come to me and they're like, Cody, fix me. And I was yeah. like, okay, like I'll do that. Um, it may be a little bit more labor intensive at that particular time, but you know, that's what I'm gonna help them with. I'm gonna get them through that and we're gonna get them back on track. And which is perfectly fine. And there are chiropractors out there and there are other prof- health professionals that that's what they focus on is that wait till it happens and then boom, then we, then we do treatment. So that's really the, the paradigm that most of the medical field operates under. So it's disease and then treatment. Mm. So this is what's happened and then they come in afterward and they say, right, this is how we fix it. Yeah. And we're all stuck in that culture because it's been completely normalized as well. Yeah. Mm. And that's, and listen, that's, that's okay. That's, mm. that's a really good thing. But like I said before, like with that motorbike, that, that person that just got into a really bad accident and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a compound fracture in the femur and it's sticking out. Okay. Well, how are you going to prevent that? Like shit happens. Like trauma happens. These kind of things do happen. And we're not necessarily like, and then we need those people that are qualified to step in and say, okay, this is what we have to do to fix you right now. And we need those. We need them. And chiropractors are very good at a different paradigm. We're much better and we operate most in the field of 
prevention and health. So we want the body to be healthy and functioning really well and for the nervous system to be clear of any pressure so that the body can exude health and wellness because every single cell, organ, and tissue is doing what it should be doing. And that's what chiropractors are very good at. We're, we're identifying where there's pressure on that and removing that so then the body can become healthy. And that's so it can just be at ease. And this is, this is really what that paradigm is. There are different paradigms. Okay. So I recommend that most of my patients do come in and see me for regular maintenance. And I let them know if you put a lot of pressure and strain and stress on your body, well, you'll probably have to come in and see me more often to make sure that we can alleviate some of that. But if you're not, if you're doing all the right things out there, if you're sleeping like a rock star, if you're eating like a rock star, if, if you're moving like a rock star, if you're socially and mentally like a rock star, well, you don't need to come in and see me then because your body is exuding health and wellness and you're giving it the ingredients that it needs to be what's called con um, genetically congruent. So as humans, we have certain needs and those kind of things help to feed those needs. And then there, the body in this, every single cell goes, yeah, I love this. Hmm, got it. Okay. That's great. But then some people require more of that than others. So I just kind of let them know where you fall in that wavelength and you'll find out and you'll say, oh yeah, I can feel it at one week or I can feel it at three weeks or I can feel it at six weeks or I can feel, I don't know. It's an arbitrary number. I never, ever, ever tell people, all right, you need to come in and see me this many times for this week for this. I might give you my expert opinion on, right, this is what you're coming in with. I'm going to say that I need to see you in two days or in a week, or I'm like in a month, but let's just kind of see how your body reacts and responds. Everyone's a little bit, right? So I don't really do set programs of care. But then on the polar opposite side of things, you know, then there are all of those other healthcare providers that really do a really great job with, you know, disease and treatment. And we need that. Yeah, but we need both. But like, it's, it's, I always tell people it's, it's kind of like the cancer, right? So you know, all of a sudden you develop some kind of cancer in the body. Let's just say it's lung cancer because this is an easier one. So someone develops lung cancer. Okay, so now go and see the oncologist and go get whatever treatment you need to get rid of that, that, that cancer. But wouldn't it have been great if we could have done something on this side to help prevent you from getting there? And I think that there's room for both of us to work cohesively together to ensure that like, we don't want people, no healthcare provider out there wants someone to get cancer. Like that's, that's absurd. But one of my patients is an oncologist and he's such an amazing man, like such a genuine down to earth, lovely person. Okay. So he sees me and he deals with oncology patients all the time. And I would just be like, oh, I don't know how you do it, but he's now going like, you know, I get to help these people and I get to help them, you know, recover and get back to their life. You know, I get to, I get to help them live, which is pretty amazing. So then in lung cancer, maybe we need to spend more time going, okay, well, how could have we prevented that? You know, if they're smoking, okay, well, well, freaking don't smoke. Like we know that's the correlation there. Like don't do that. But 
if we want to prevent the disease in the future, I'm not saying that we can prevent all disease because we can't. Sometimes it just happens or sometimes it's, it's genetic or whatever the case is. But hey, let's, let's give our bodies all the ingredients to exude health and wellness so all the cells can just do what they do. Because anytime you get disease, it's our body's response to a particular stimulus. Then it goes down the path of I can't adapt or it's going to adapt in a certain way and then it develops into problems further on. So let's do, let's do as much as we can here to try to prevent problems here where we need a lot of intervention. We're always going to need people here and we're always going to need people here. Like that's just the way, that's just the way the world is. Yeah. And I think that ultimately, you know, sometimes chiropractors, you know, are, are the butt of a few other professions joke. Like I'm never going to ever put another profession down ever. Yeah. I will put down on anyone Mm -hmm. because that's, that's not okay. We're all in it to try to help as many people as we possibly can. And it's just the way that we're trained to try to help them. Yeah, exactly. But there's, there's a time and a place for everyone, but it's never going to do anyone justice. Certainly the patient, it will never do them justice to pull down another profession. Mm. And a lot of times it comes from misinformation and ignorance. Yeah. And I think, I think if, if all of us healthcare providers, no matter what field that we're in, if we all work together, you know, on this common this common theme of helping our patients, well, there's room for everyone. Yeah. I could not agree more. Yeah. And it would be, I mean, that would be a a great thing to try to try to do, but you know, you know, some people even like patients come in and they'll go, Oh, you know, um, what's the deal with you and physios or or, (laughs) why do you guys hate each other? And I was like, well, we don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate any physio. Like, I, I don't know, that's weird. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't hate anyone, you know? Or, oh, you know, my GP said not to go see a chiropractor. Why do you think they said that? Well, I, was like, I don't know, that's their opinion. Um, but if you, if you come in and see me and what we do is safe and effective, that's all that matters. You go and see the physio and what they're doing is safe and effective. You're getting the results that you want. Great, awesome, keep doing it then. Yeah, it's like doing the same thing over and over again that's not working is when things need to change. That's called stupidity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cody, I could chat to you all day. I feel like we okay, got some... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we got some really great nuggets out of that and just some recurring themes that help people realize those basics are never to be ignored. Uh, they really do move the needle on, on health and wellness. And, um, and thank you for giving us a deeper window into chiropractic care. I, I, it's something I adore and uh, it's been great chatting to you. So we've got your practices details in our show notes for anyone who thought, oh, wow, I want to go see that guy. Um, so that's in the show notes. But I want to thank you again for your time and wish you a beautiful day. Thank you, you as well. And hopefully the sun will come out sometime this week. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social on Instagram at Lotox Life or one word 
or my personal Instagram uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at Low Tox Life uh, and, of course, lowtoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a low-tox life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Low Tox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about $29.30 US, about €27 and about £25. You get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lowtoxlife.com, hit the Explore tab and you'll see Join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.